I think the same is true in so many relationships. We are unconscious to our expectations. They're motivating the conflict. And yet if we pause just for a moment and say, hey, here's what I came in with. (laughs) Here's what you came in with. Those two things actually share a lot of overlap. I think we actually could figure this out. Hi guys, and welcome to the What Else Podcast. My name is Sarah, and by listening to this podcast, we have now become best friends. And as best friends do, here we talk about life, ask interesting questions, and open up the floor to learn what else is out there. Before we get started, be a pal and subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating, because that is what friends do, and by doing so, you give someone else a better chance of finding it. All right, friend, let's get into the episode. Well, hi. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I, um, I'm glad we've warmed up talking about relevant TV shows. Yeah. 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 We had a really in-depth conversation, um, an entire podcast episode worth. <laughs> That's the next one. Shit's Creek. Yes. Yeah. That'll be the next one. Um, well, I'll let you introduce yourself. You could give a background on what you do, who you are, how you got to where you are, and the whole shindig. Yeah, my name is Cody Miller. I am a leadership and business coach. Uh, We specialize in helping people craft the culture they actually want in their business, not the one they've inherited or feel stuck in. Um, How did we get into this? Is that the question? Yeah. You said 30 minutes. I don't think I'll take up all the time with that. (laughs) But the short version is I hired uh, a coach Um, with a a team here in Southern California to help us deal with some of our internal issues as we were growing. Um, And I was so enamored with the process that towards the end of it, uh, he and I decided to partner up together. And so uh, I tell all my clients, I've sat on the other side of the camera um, because I coach through Zoom. And so uh, I so appreciated, and this is kind of a triggering word, but I so appreciated the transformation that we as a company experienced and then the individuals interpersonally um, that we worked with uh, got to that I was like, what's this juice? I need more of it. I want to help other people get it. So that's how I got into coaching. Um, I was a client first. Wow. That's yeah. so interesting. So what, what and your, your broad, I guess, term of you coach on emotional intelligence, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, correct. That's one of the, the main things we deliver on. And, and part of the issue that we're hoping to address in, in a lot of workplace cultures is that we put so much weight on competence and uh, IQ, if you will. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'll, I'll say from time to time is we hire for competence, we fire for character. Um, and so what happens often is the stuff that hijacks our efficiency and productivity as teams and businesses and divisions and even individuals is our inability to work well uh, with those who aren't like us um, to communicate. Um, I'm a big believer that all forms of communication are cross-cultural because we all have personal cultures we're maintaining. Um, And so when we're trying to navigate cross-cultural communication, that requires us to use external tools and commitments and values and principles to get on the same page so that we can collaborate because most people they believe collaboration's better 
Um, they know that when we're synced up with others, we can actually accomplish more than when we're just out there on the own trying to fight for our thing. So. Wow. That, uh, when you said like personal cultures, I took an interpersonal communication class in college mm, and I didn't yeah. remember it till just now. I was like, Oh my goodness, this is bringing like everything. Yeah. Was yeah. I was class. a comm major in college actually. So. It's like the best major. It, yeah. It, it's the best broadest major. It just yeah. covers everything, which yeah. I love because now I just told you, I, I kind of coach broadly. Um, I, I find that human issues are in every culture. Um, we can't ex- escape humanity. And so um, whether it's a marketing issue or an operational issue or a production issue or a back office issue or uh, issue between uh, internal and external teams or client facing issues, uh, normally there's these underlying systemic human problems that we think we need to go to a therapist to figure out. Um, and sometimes that is the case. I go to, I go to a therapist. I think it's amazing. Um, but oftentimes it just takes a little bit of work from an outside perspective to get synced up so we can actually work well together. Wow. Is there like common issues or common, like things that you, you know, when you walk to a workplace or, um, whoever you're coaching, you can almost expect this sort of communication error issue um what do you have like common ones that you have seen i you know what i hear a lot of sarah i hear a lot of people who think that the crazy things that are going on in their head are just theirs alone you know i was talking to a guy last week who's uh he's in food services and he's trying to get promoted to kind of the district level and he said every time i'm criticized i just take this like it's just so self-condemning like i'm I'm a failure and I can't like it keeps becoming a block for me. And I said, buddy, I hear that all the time. (laughs) It's in my head too. He's like, really? Like other people think this too when they're criticized. I'm like, yes. Like we, we have a tend to internalize a lot of these negative messages instead of take them in stride as the criticism they're meant to be so that we can be better. Yeah. And, and that alone, like that's so common when I'm working with my clients that, We'll do these workshops where we'll talk about empathy and vision and conflict and communication and people like, other people struggle with this too? And I'm like, yes. In some of the ways I tell my wife, like one of the biggest values that I get the honor of bringing is just helping people see that they're not alone. Yeah. Because I think we're so lonely, all of us. Yeah. When you get conversation started, I think that's so, people are always so surprised. It's like, wait. Yeah. You do that too. You think that too. Well, we, I was just yeah. in a team meeting today with one of my clients and um, with this particular client, we, we work with a lot of people and our team is growing and it's awesome. But with that, this whole meeting, we talked about um, Enneagrams. Everybody gave their Enneagram. Yeah. I'm sure the first time I met you, I said <laughs> Enneagram and you said, did you just Enneagram me? Yeah. I listened to a podcast by a guy who's like, I won't I don't share with people my Enneagram. I'm like, well, I'm not quite there. Um, oh my God, really? But I, I, t- I work really hard not to guess. I mean, I do in my head, but I, yeah. I never say what I think someone is until they. Yeah. 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 Um, Remind me, what was yours? I'm a seven. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wing. Um, okay. I don't understand the wings because I was okay. told that a wing has to be like, if you're a seven, it has to be an eight or a six. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I thought it was like your next highest mm-hmm. number. 
Yeah. Sometimes a, it is. Yeah. Which is a three for me. So okay. I don't, I've never taken a test that's given me my wing. Um, I probably yeah. should cause I'm yeah. very interested in that. Um, yeah. So it, it's the two numbers next to you are your potential wings. Okay. Um, my, my favorite guy for this is Ian Morgan Cron on typology. I don't know if you've heard his podcast. His mm-hmm. book's called The Road Back to You. Okay. He's going to oh, wait. I think plug. Um, book that was recommended to me. So he just says your wings are, it's your dominant and your less dominant hand, but you can access both of them. So you're a seven who's the joyful person, um, but you can also go to a six, which is, you know, you're very loyal. Yeah. Um, uh, or and, you can go uh, security. to Sixes mm-hmm. are like security and anxiety, which I, I, that's like the opposite of me. Yeah. I, I don't like security cause I feel like it's trapping. And I, so yeah. it's, I, you know, that sounds wild and it's not that I just yeah. completely roam free, but, um, I don't like that. And then eights, so I forgot what an eight is. Challenger? Mm-hmm. Challenger. Yeah, yeah. Which I date an eight. <laughs> I made him take it. And I, I feel like I don't identify with either of those, but yeah. it's definitely one of those things that the more you read about, it, the more you learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. But we had to do that in this team meeting and then give our strengths from Strengths Finder, Strength Finder. from like yeah. Gallup or yeah. whatever yeah. company is yeah. called. Um, and my top one was communication. Mm. Uh, go figure. Good for, good for your job. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, input and uh, it was mm. communication input. Woo. Yeah. I love people. Yeah, than anything on this earth. Woo and seven. That's pretty. Those sync up a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. they do. Yeah. Um. If I, I somebody asked me my perfect job, and I was like me- meetings. I'm the only person I know <laughs> that loves meetings. If I could just go from meeting to meeting every yeah. day. Yeah. I would be the happiest person alive. Sarah, this is why we spent thirty minutes before we started recording yes. talking about Shit's Creek because I'm the same. Woo's my top. Um, I'm a nine and, uh, I joined a networking group where literally they track how many one-on-one meetings you do. And I was like, this is, this is the best game. I get, to, I get to get points for the thing I love to do. My first job was I worked as an intern at a, a church. I was a college intern. They're like, Cody, you need to come into the office sometime. I was like, I was like, why? <laughs> well, you're at coffee shops with people all day long. Like, we need to see that you're here because people are starting to get concerned. Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. That would be, I, I would love yeah. that. I warn people. And on this meeting, we were t- supposed to talk about, that, and the whole point I was trying to say this, I was very valuable. By the mm-hmm. end, it was very interesting. And some, we got a lot of clarification on like, if somebody like made a comment or an edit on something that somebody else would take as like, passive aggressive or they thought that it was very blunt then we yeah, got yeah. to hear their side and yeah. it's not and so that part is very interesting but um we had to talk about our enneagram and our, our everything um our strengths with based on a weakness she was like yeah. we all know our, like why the enneagram like the great thing about your enneagram yep. i want you to come to the table with what is the weakness that comes with your enneagram you know maybe you're working on it but then what can we do to help you in that way? And like, what awareness do we need? And I was like, listen, if you get on a meeting with me, you are welcome to tell me to shut up, but I will be there forever. I will talk to you until the sun comes up. I've like Kristen, my podcast producer, Lord knows if we have a meeting, we have had three hour meetings, three hours. Yeah. Yeah. 
I swear nobody's going to ever want to work with me. after. <laughs> well, I will say as someone who is a potential client of yours, you're very disciplined in your seven meetingness. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. Well, and so I'd, I'd like to circle back because you, you brought something up that happens, I think, a lot in meetings, which is uh, our ability to get offended by the criticism of our ideas. I, it happens all the time. I mean, who hasn't had that moment, right? Or even at a coffee shop or at a friend's house where you share some thought and opinion and someone else disagrees or critiques it and you take that as a personal slight. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what we see a lot of times is just there's different personality types in the room. Uh, if you're familiar with the Myers-Briggs, yep. there's the thinker and feeler continuum, right? And so I'm a feeler. Um, and so when I... Uh, I I'm a feeler in such a sense that when I am actually putting an idea out into the world, it's actually an extension of my soul. So (laughs) if you have an issue with it, you've now judged me harshly. (laughs) My friends who are maybe Enneagram fives, they're more rational. They're thinkers. They're just like, let's chop that idea down to whatever it needs to be chopped down to because they care about getting the best idea out of that space yeah i care more about the connectivity in the meeting Mm -hmm. and so now there's this gap created and i can say hey asshole why would you say that about my idea that's personal (laughs) and they're saying well i'm just I, I thought the meeting was to get the best idea out of it. So we have just different personalities. And yeah. now instead of that being something we're at odds about, if we know that about each other, we can appreciate that criticism and critique. And to go back to my previous friend, not take it as a personal attack, a self-condemnation, realize that that person across the boardroom or wherever else, they're trying to serve us. They're trying to serve the team and they're leveraging their expertise as a thinker um, to do just that. Yeah. Do you have, um, practical tips on like when you catch yourself feeling that, um, like what, like, what do you do? Cause it's very easy for, you know, somebody say like, Oh, like you shouldn't be getting offended by these things. And you're like, okay, well I'm sitting here and I hate them and I want to strangle them across the room for me or, but I'll get fired. So what do I do? Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. So uh, first of all, to, to your point, telling people what they should and shouldn't do usually doesn't work. I haven't found a lot of success in that. Uh, I'll highlight my friend, Brene Brown, or, or St. Brown, as I like to call her from time to time. Um, she just talks about the connectivity of should with shame, right? Mm-hmm. I had a, a therapist say, uh, "Don't you're shitting all over yourself, Cody. And I think Brene yeah. uses that same yeah. line. I it's love true. That. That's, how, that's what it feels like, right? <laughs> yeah. So in those moments, those are trigger moments. Um, we, use, we use this as a, a starting point for emotional intelligence because that's where the rubber hits the road, right? It's all, it's all nice and dandy to have emotional intelligence and to be composed when we're all getting along. It's when things don't go according to plan or when we have a difference of opinions or Bob is being an asshole that we have to actually test the strength of our, our inner emotional intelligence. So it's in the trigger moment. We help people walk what we call pathway of personal responsibility. And it's just that I, I have the choice in how I interpret whatever is going on in my life. That's my choice. I'm an adult. It wasn't my choice when I was a toddler, right? Like I would have a tantrum, but 
we have adult tantrums all day long and then you see how ridiculous that is. And so what's the choice that's on the table? Are they trying to offend me? If they're trying to offend me, why? Why am I offended? Why do I care so much? Because all of our external reactions are manifestations oftentimes of inner feelings, thoughts, beliefs, opinions. And so to start by asking the question of self-awareness, which is what, why is that getting my goat today? Because in a different day, it might not, right? In a different yeah. meeting, it might not. Maybe, is it the fact that I have a five-month-old at home who's up every two hours and my toddler has decided to, to enter a sleep regression? So I'm really tired. And I, I had to skip my morning cup of coffee because that same toddler decided he wanted to pee his pants. And so, you know, the day got off to a bad start. Now I'm in my first meeting. I'm feeling a bit snippy. That's not Bob's fault. That's actually mine. I decided to have these kids. I'm responsible as their father, right? Yeah. So I use these, I mean, that's an example, but all of these trigger moments, the first and best step is to start with self-awareness. To say, what's going on inside of me? Why is this bothering me? Why is this upsetting me? Why is this making me angry? <laughs> Under that, quite frankly, we know from human emotion, why am I sad about this? If yeah. you really want to go there. And then to ask myself, how do I want to behave? Because again, behavior is my choice. So how do I want to respond? Mm -hmm. Bob might be snippy towards me. Does snippiness beget snippiness and that's productive? I don't think so. Like my experience in human interaction shows me that's usually not the best way towards resolution. Ah, maybe a passive aggressive response will work here. No, that doesn't work too. So how do I want to respond is, again, my decision. What are the types of things I want to say, conduct myself, behave in? Practically, take a deep breath. I mean, holy yeah. smokes. We know from our physio physiology that when we open ourselves up and breathe, that helps actually calm what's going on and we can engage the rest of our brain so that we can have this conversation well rather than go back to that kind of archaic reactionary fight or flight pattern that all of us have inside of us. That's not usually the best result in our meeting with Bob when we're triggered. Yeah. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit here, but because yeah. everything you're saying is very relevant to relevant to um, relationships and yeah. marriage. And I'm thinking, especially like when you're talking about um, like being self-aware, this is something that I... Um, I took a lot of classes on, but then it's also something very personally that yeah. I have the tendency to be, um, I'll be self-aware, but then I won't allow anger to be an okay emotion. Like there's a yeah. very distinct difference that I'm hearing you say about, mm -hmm. you know, okay, the, okay, you get angry, you see why you're angry, but then there is a choice to say, I'm justified in this anger and I'm going to communicate it clearly. That's, that's not yeah. okay. Um, yeah. And I, and I think just because you communicate with your partner the most, and that's probably where I've yeah. had to, um, not that he does things that aren't okay, but you know, like if something makes me angry. Well, he's I, a human being, right? Yeah. Like we're going to step on each other's toes. That's human nature. Yeah. And so I will, I've tried to learn how to not only communicate my anger, but also be okay with being angry because- mm -hmm. Um, I think this is maybe especially 
you know, I'm a feminist, so I lean towards that a lot. And so some people may not, but I do think that it's quite common in women to want to be um, complacent and want to, they want to be the the nice girl. They want, you know, okay, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I angry? This isn't lady. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't nice. I have to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. You can still be nice, but communicate that, you know, something made you upset and there's a reason for it. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break to thank a non-sponsor, Sparks of Joy Co. This is a very special non-sponsor because Sparks of Joy Co. was actually started by a very good friend of mine. Sparks of Joy Co. is a greeting card company, and they have what's what are called Sparks, and then they have mini Sparks. So Sparks are beautifully designed postcards that are pre-stamped, which is absolutely amazing. So you don't have to go out and buy stamps. I think that's so genius and convenient. And then mini Sparks are smaller greeting cards that are meant for hand delivery and you can write a message on the back um, or put them in somebody's mailbox or like you know hide them in something I think that'd be just adorable and the absolute best part is that no I am not sponsored by Sparks of Joy Co but I do have a code which is amazing Callie gave me a code and it is Sarah B S A R A H B and you get 20% off of your order when you use that code so definitely check them out follow her on Instagram at Sparks of Joy Co I mean they're just adorable and I know you're going to love these cards. I got a whole package of them and they are just so cute. All right, back to the episode. Maybe this is helpful. If it's not, just throw it in the trash, you know, delete the podcast, don't ever post it. (laughs) Um, So my wife at times would get angry with me and I admitted I'm an Enneagram 9, so I'm a peacemaker at my best. I'm a pacifier sloth at my worst. Yeah. So I'm very avoidant of that. (laughs) It wasn't until I realized underneath that anger was pain and sadness that I had caused. It wasn't until I made that connection. And frankly, she gave me enough opportunities to see that. It just took me about, I don't know, five years to pick up on the fact that when I had hurt her and she was showing me anger, which is a totally appropriate response to the violation, she was communicating sadness. She was communicating that I had done something and she's a six, so she's loyal, that in, in some essence was a betrayal mm-hmm. of who she knows me to be and who she, what, you know, what she would like to expect out of our relationship. And so I used to, when she would get angry with me, I, I'd either run away from that energy, or I'd put up a defensive fight, right? Now I'm, you're angry, I'm protecting. That's usually our response. Mm -hmm. And it's once I could could get the interpretive grid to say, oh dear God, I hurt my wife. What did, oh, I'm so sorry. Please, I want to know what I did to hurt you. I want to make that right. I don't want to be, as a husband, someone who's regularly hurting you. I want to be someone who's caring for you who's loving you. And so I think our journey and we're continuing to be on it is for her to be completely okay with the fact that she's angry to not feel like she has to silence that or clean it up because my manhood uh, might be affected by her anger and I might feel insecure and you know, she doesn't want to be a bitch, but she's allowed to be angry. That's a human emotion. Yeah. And for me, it was to say, Oh my goodness. Not only have I angered my wife, I've actually hurt and wounded her in some area. Mm-hmm. And that, that I, I really want to deal with. I need to get over my insecurity about a woman's 
anger, what I'm tempted to do in response, I need to address the fact that I've hurt someone I really care about. That's on me. Was that what? helpful? No, yeah, that was super helpful. Um, and they, it just makes me more interested. So when um, I, my biggest thing is communication in, in relationships is, was what it I was your top strength finder. So yeah, it's true. That. that's true. I'm like, I had to have communication. I mean, to, it comes to a fault where like, I'm like, we had to solve everything right now. And yeah. I understand <clears> that you didn't like where I put the fork and like, we should have a very in-depth conversation. It was terrible when I was taking communication classes. Awful. Yeah. And I would yeah. bring, Oh, just as good this and be like, what the actual, <laughs> yeah. anyway, um, yeah. I would like come to class and I'd be like, I have a case study for you. Yes. <laughs> like, it's my that. life. I'm ready <laughs> to put life. it on the whiteboard. <laughs> here's, here's things that, you know, we, that we talked about. Here are the communication um, yeah. mechanisms and techniques that I used. Yeah. Anyway, um, but that, all that to say, um, I think that that's probably like the, the sole um, cause of friction in most mm-hmm. relationships is it yeah. always seems to be a communication error. Um, and people don't know when it's that you guys aren't clicking, like actually Mm -hmm. you should not, you know, you don't communicate well. So maybe you don't need to be in that relationship in that capacity, Mm -hmm. um, much further. Or if it's just that, no, we're humans and we're butting heads and you know, the normal things, how do you, especially in younger relationships, how do you navigate knowing you know, mm-hmm. where that line is mm-hmm. and also communicating clearly. Um, yeah. This is skill I, in itself. I think underlying our communication issues, I had conflict with Shauna this morning, right? Mm-hmm. We have conflict every day. It's, we're humans. Um, sometimes it's little, sometimes it's significant. Underlying conflict is our values and our expectations. And so when we put the fork in the wrong place, sometimes it's simple. Like in my family, this is where the fork goes. You know, actually, according to the tradition of a proper table setting, this is where fork goes. And we, I'd like to uphold that value in our house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, in my family, we ate with spoons. Right? <laughs> it's just two different operating value systems. That's why I say all, all communication is cross-cultural because we're bringing in these cultures And that's why it's really difficult at times unless we stop and assess what values are driving this and what's my expectation. Now, we don't always have time for a big value conversation. So that can be a bit rigorous. And Sarah did that a lot in college. But to ask myself, what was my expectation that got violated? And is it that big of a deal? Can I give it up? Oh, see, okay. I want to dive more into that because I think expectation... I think that's got a lot to do with conflict. I think a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I would, and this is, again, I like to speak in hyperboles. Almost every conflict is just a violation of expectations that were either unclear or just not valued by the other. Right. Sometimes it's like, well, screw you. I'm just going to do that anyway. Right. I'm going to rebel. Mm-hmm. But other times like, Oh, I didn't even know that's what you wanted. Right. And so when people are saying, just communicate to me, what they're asking for is just tell me what you're expecting. I would happily give that to you. So I work with a lot of leaders who are like, my employees are idiots. I'm like, well, I I would, I would guess some might be sure. There's always the bottom 10%. (laughs) Most of your employees would actually like to achieve the things you expect of them to achieve. 
but you have not communicated it in a way that is clear and simple enough for them to chase after. And so they're spending so much time and energy doing the best they can, bringing in all of their work experience up until that point, but this is a new world and they don't know how to win. I think the same is true in so many relationships. We are unconscious to our expectations. They're motivating the conflict. And yet if we pause just for a moment and say, hey, here's what I came in with. <laughs> here's what you came in with. Those two things actually share a lot of overlap. I think we actually could figure this out. Oh, great. I'm sorry. I won't do that next time, but let's strive for this instead. Yeah. It's just expectation management. Wow. I feel like I just had a light bulb, which I'm think, hoping listeners. Which is what? Tell me. Just like, I mean, it's something that I, I knew, or I guess like, you know, you feel like you're aware of and then you hear it and you're like, hmm, let me sit on that for like yeah. a little, little mini moment. And, mm. and you can, you know, think back about past arguments. And I think especially like when, when, um, I'm thinking of when um, people are moving in with each other because at my yeah. age, like a lot of people, um, they're moving in for the first time or they're like in their first year. And that um, I have not moved in with my significant other yet. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I'm just, I'm more aware that, you know, that comes with some friction. And I think a lot of that comes from expectation and yeah. learning how other people live. Like when you're in somebody, inside somebody's home, that is the like major oh yeah hard to know, hide yeah it's hard to hide you're going to yeah. have all of your things out there you're going to see how they live you're going to see what they do yeah. and you're going to see what you do yeah. and there is going to be like the smallest little things that you're like I don't understand what you mean by you put the Tupperware in a drawer yeah why wouldn't you put it in a cupboard and like that yeah. kind of stuff that you're bringing yeah so great that's a great example Sarah hypothetical but I, I mean I told Shauna yesterday, I'm going to throw out our entire Tupperware drawer. I'm so sick of all of this. We are actually, we're on the same page when it comes to Tupperware theory. Thank um, you. That's a big one. So really, big you're winning. Yeah. Yeah. A friend just told me, and I don't know where he borrowed this from, but to understand something is to stand under the idea, right? That's where the word comes from. To put mm -hmm. ourselves to, to actually embrace, stand under it and let it trickle through us and appreciate it. That's the only way we can understand something. So... What we do as a shortcut is, and we're all guilty of this, the why, which could be a great question for understanding, it's got a little bit of venom in it because it's also con condemning the action. Like, I don't understand why you would do it that way. Instead of, hey, why do you put it in there? Oh, We're wow. asking why, but one says, I actually want to understand you. The other says, your way's stupid. <laughs> I'm going to ask a question to let you know your way's stupid, given my area of expertise in Tupperware locations. Yeah. That, that and this is communication, right? I, I, maybe you've seen the model where so much of communication is that gap between two. And so I'll say it to myself and I've said it to a lot of my clients. If you care about what you're trying to deliver in the communication, you have to care about how you're packaging it mm. because the packaging dictates whether or not they're going to open it up. So you have to care about your tone. You have to care about your body. You have to care about your eyes. You have to care about everything. If you care about the message, if you don't care about the message, 
then say it however you want. Scream in their face. Just let you know they're going to hear zero of it. Yeah. But if you care about them hearing what it is you want to communicate, then you have to care about how you wrap that thing up. Oh my God. So, okay. Cause I do want to ask you one more question and okay. I, I didn't prepare you for this. So I'm so sorry. Um, not that I prepared you a ton, um, but uh, do you have an exercise or a technique um, or like something, you know, I, I love Enneagram. So I'm always like, take a personality yeah. test. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but or something that uh, listeners could do to help them or as they um, try to develop a more emotional intelligence, whether it's in the workplace or mm. um, whether it's in their relationship, maybe an exercise to learn more about themselves or an exercise to learn more about others. Yeah. Um, I mean, to, to hearken back, I think taking these trigger moments as indicators that there's something going on beneath our surface, first and foremost, I think that was a big awakening for me. Daniel Goleman's book, he's the forefather of emotional intelligence. He talks about the fact that we have a relationship with ourselves. I remember seeing that for the first time and just that being a categorical expansion in my knowledge. Like, wait, what? I know relationships. That's what I do with other people. But the fact that I have a relationship with myself that I'm responsible for maintaining. And in fact, most of my development starts and ends right there. It's truly the only thing I can control out in the world. Everything beyond my chest is a guess. But this I can know, this I can control, this I can choose. That, that was big. So whenever we're triggered, to start by saying, what's going on with me? What do I want to do about it? I think that's really helpful. The second thing is to realize we're all in process and there's people who've walked this journey before, right? I mean, I, I could go back to mystics of old who I, I love reading a lot of these ancient writings because they're talking about the self. And we think we've discovered like self-development. <laughs> Goodness gracious. This has been around as long as humans have. We love to make meaning out of things. That's what makes us human beings. And so I think there is so much value in finding somebody outside of ourselves who actually gives a damn about us. Enough to be honest with us, enough to, to love us through those moments when we can't love ourselves. Someone who believes not in the person just they see today, but who we could become. And in a different time, I could tell you about the, the mentors over the years and the basketball coaches and the, the neighbor next door who, who've poured into me in some aspect. And I, I'm just the recipient of so much generosity of others' experience and their time and their love. And I think the biggest thing I would give anybody um, as a word of recommendation is find somebody. Find somebody outside of your relationship. Find somebody outside of your company. Find somebody outside who believes in who you are and who you're becoming and who's going to leverage everything they have for your growth. And I know at times it looks a little bleak out there, but I promise there's so many people out there to be frank, they've just never been asked. And so go ask somebody whose life you want to emulate and model and be like, hey, how'd you get there? <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you get that kind of marriage, right? My parents split up when I was 19. I, I got married at 22. I was really scared. I thought, I'm going to screw this whole thing up. 
And so I just found a couple husbands and I found my wife. We, we hung out with a couple, a couple couples. There's three in particular over the years. And I've just been like, I need to, I want to eat at your dinner table. I want to see how you parent. How do you do budgeting? What are your weekly rhythms? Like I'm a bit weird in that. Like I, I will, I want to understand. I want to sit under how you do things because the model I have broke. It only made it till the kid was 19. I don't want that for my children. I want something better. I want something better for Sean and I. And so we just committed to living life around people that we wanted to be like. And that's made all the difference. It's the only way I want to do this life. Wow. That was a, that was a beautiful soapbox that you just... There you go. There's had. a commercial for mentorship right there. Yeah. No, for sure. Absolutely. Well... I think, I think that's a great way to end things because I'm feeling absolutely elated and inspired. Where can people find you if they want? Because I'm sure they're going to be like, where can I get more of this human? Uh, you can text me. My, you know, my cell phone number is 562-250-7305. Did you really just give your phone uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like you. I love meeting people. Yeah, I love so, meeting like, people. I will Zoom with a stranger happily. <laughs> it sounds fun. I want to hear more about you. Um, our website is mpwrcoaching.com. My yeah. email is Cody at mpwrcoaching.com. You can find our Instagram handles, but we need people like the Sarahs and others of the world to help us with that stuff. So you're <laughs> going to be woefully unimpressed. You've got a lot to say, so you you should definitely get somebody to help because it would give a lot of value to bring. But thank you so much yeah. for being on here. We'll have all your stuff linked below. Um, yeah. And I'll just thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to help in any way I can. I love what you're doing, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening to the What Else podcast. And if you liked this episode, then I've got a small to-do list for you. Uh, first of all, go ahead and screenshot this episode right now and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Sarah E. Boss. And I can go ahead and repost your post and that helps others find the podcast as well. And give me a review on Apple Podcasts. That is a huge help with letting others find the podcast and also become best friends. So don't be selfish. And finally, if you want to subscribe to my blog to get even more content, you can at sarahebossblog.com. All right, guys, I will see you in the next episode.